The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Eye Test brought to you by Belly Up Sports Media. I'm here with Bobby Amendola and Paul Orlando. Week three is officially over, and we are here to hand out some awards. Now, we are going to be doing the same awards as last week. We felt like they were very good uh, and representing the proper players. So, of course, we got the week winner again. We're going to have two new week winners. Names that we haven't spoke about this season. Uh, Most improved. The biggest surprise. The neighborhood watch is back. We got two new players that we got our eyes on. And, of course, we got to hand out two new tickets to the doghouse, which will be airing tomorrow. So go ahead and like this video, subscribe to our channel so you can get notified for when those videos come out. Uh, We got a lot going on for the doghouse in tomorrow's episode. We got people breaking free, going back to probation, going back to the doghouse. And then we got a new uh, location for you guys, too, that's going to be featured. But first, let's focus on the fantasy awards. We're going to start off with the week winner, Bobby, who won a lot of people's weeks in week three. I think this guy won Paul his week in our redraft league, and he is as good as they come. And it's a guy that people were a little little bearish on going into the season due to his quarterback situation, but he's proving he's matchup proof just like he's always been, and that's Devontae Adams. A cool and clean 44 points this week, 13 receptions, 172 yards, even threw in a couple touchdowns for you on 20 targets, which is just ridiculous. Again, not much to say here <laughs> with Devontae Adams. He's as tried and true of a wide receiver one as you're going to get, and we were all wrong for doubting him even a little bit with Jimmy G as his quarterback. Yep, seems to be a theme. We doubted him with Derek Carr. We doubted him with Jimmy G, and he just continues to prove those doubters wrong. Devontae Adams is for sure a first round value. And he did fall into the second round in a lot of 12 yep. uh, man leagues this year. Bob, how about you go ahead and talk about your week winner for week three? Bob just did. Uh, I mean, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Devonte Adams is just, I think he might be my second father. He is just an absolute superstar. The fact that we thought there was going to be a tear break with him makes yeah. just is crazy. So good for him, but, my week winner is actually another person I had on my redraft team. Isn't that crazy? I know how to draft. Wow. And that would be Sam Laporta, the tight end for the Detroit Lions. Rookie tight ends usually start slow, but Laporta has kind of come out of the gates and is playing phenomenal football right off the rip. He's playing 83% of the snaps. He played 75% of the snaps against Atlanta, but he made every single one count. 11 targets for a tight end, eight catches. 84 yards and a touchdown. He got you 24.4 points this week. And he is coming out the gate like he could be a top five tight end finish amongst the ranks of Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson. Mark Andrews is kind of slow this year. So don't be surprised if Laporta is sitting there as the number three tight end this year if he continues to play the way that he's playing. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he just slid into that T-Hawk role. You know, it's like we we – Kind of, there were a lot of people that did expect Sam Laporta to be a producing tight end, probably not to this caliber. I think a lot of people, when they were looking at rookie tight ends, they were looking at like Dalton Kincaid, 
Um, but Sam Laporta was right up there. I mean, they were drafted relatively around the same time of the draft, and he's fitting into that old T-Hawk role. I mean, they're, it's a pass-happy team. They're not really giving the ball to the running backs that much. And uh, Amon Ra and Sam Laporta seem to be the top two receivers on that team. All right, so let's head on over to the most improved, Bob. Who is your most improved player from week two? Someone that we doubted heavily coming into the season. Yeah, so he actually really didn't improve much from week two to week three. He scored more points in week three with 16. He had 13 in week two. But I just wanted to give this guy a shout out overall this season because, like you said, a lot of us doubted him. And that's Michael Pittman. You know, he was uh, pretty much a third round value going into last season, didn't live up to those expectations, and he fell a lot in fantasy drafts going into this year. And I was one saying, do not draft this guy because of Anthony Richardson and how he would perform. But he has proven me wrong and a lot of other people wrong. Double digit targets in every single game so far this year. And he's been putting up pretty good points as well. He only has one touchdown, unfortunately, but. If you told me through three weeks that he was going to be the wide receiver 10 in PPR leagues, I would have told you that you were crazy. Yeah, I think what's really helping him out is like the yards after the catch. He's running like a lot of slants I've been seeing, and he's getting a lot of yards after he he catches the ball. He's still super fast. I mean, we knew that he was an explosive player, but we were worried a little bit about the quarterback play there. Paul, how about you go ahead and talk about your most improved player, someone who was in the doghouse last week? Yeah, so my most improved player is the most likely number two overall pick in your fantasy draft. And it's Jamar Chase. We finally got his coming out party. He pretty much matched his targets through week one and week two. Just on Monday night, he had 15 targets. He hauled 12 of them in for 141 yards. If you're like me and you thought Jamar Chase touchdown was a lock of the week, he did not score you a touchdown, but it was still good for 28 total points. Him and Burrow seem to have found their groove. It might have come to T. Higgins' dismay. T. Higgins just looked not the same last night, but Jamar Chase, if you invested heavily in him in redraft or if you're like me and put almost 50% of your auction money on Jamar Chase in an auction league, you finally reap the benefits of it on Monday night. And guess what? It's only going to get better once he starts scoring touchdowns. Once yep. Joey B decides to be a good quarterback, uh, Jamar Chase is going to be just top-notch guy. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. All right, let's head on over to the biggest surprise, Bob. I think everyone knows. that. Like, everyone knows, and unfortunately, most people probably didn't have this guy in their starting lineups unless you are in an extremely – deep league yeah six percent of fantasy uh managers started this guy yeah it's crazy and he put up 53 points and that's devon <laughs> Achain, <laughs> the backup running back for the miami dolphins and only played 41 percent of the snaps and still put up 53 fantasy points he had four touchdowns two on the ground two receiving 18 carries for 203 yards. That's good enough for almost 11 and a half yards a carry. Just an absolutely ridiculous fantasy effort from a guy that a lot of people didn't have in their starting lineups. And this Miami offense is looking ridiculously explosive. And it looks like now, after last week, me saying that I don't think the Devon Achain thing is going to happen soon. 
I think it has happened. And now I think Raheem Moster and him are both like worthy starter options now in fantasy. I think it's hard to deny with how good this offense is right now. Yeah, definitely got to see if this type of volume for uh, a chain continues, um, you know, with Waddle out, I think that really helped his reception volume, you know, the passing volume. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, last week we had Raheem Mostert as big a surprise. Yeah. And quite honestly, I think it's an even bigger surprise that Mostert did it again. Yeah. yeah. Score, added 20 points. We would be talking about Mostert again if he didn't get outdid by a little bit by Achain. Right. Mostert had 45 points. Exactly. <laughs> so what a just historical game against the... A, against the Broncos, who we're going to talk about later, but let's go ahead and hear about Paul's biggest surprise here. So my biggest surprise here is actually a 33-year-old wide receiver on what we perceive to be not a great team, and I'm not saying they are a good team, but I'm going Adam Thielen here as my biggest surprise. Nice. 14 targets, 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. And guys, this is the second week in a row. He's put up over 20 points. That is just crazy coming from an offense that we had to perceive would be a rookie quarterback. I know Bryce Young didn't play this week, and Andy Dalton might have affected Thielen here um, because Andy Dalton was looking for his veteran wide receiver often this week. But still, whenever you get 14 targets, it, you, he is a must-grab on the waiver wire. This was a very, very, very happy surprise. He's only rostered in 59% of the league, so there is a chance that you can find him on your waiver wire. And he is 100% worth a grab because I think he's the clear-cut option in Carolina in the past game. And Carolina is probably going to be playing from behind a lot this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Thielen, again, he gets Minnesota. That's going to be an absolute shootout. We might be talking about him again next week. Revenge game, too. And a revenge game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think as long as Andy Dalton's quarterback, I think I'd like to throw Thielen in in, like, a flex spot. Um, we, the reason we were down on, like, players like Michael Pittman and, and Adam Thielen was because of their quarterback situation that has now changed to, um, I guess you can call Gardner Minshew a veteran at this point, not to the level yeah. of Andy Dalton, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, big, big, uh, waiver pickup with Adam Thielen there. And then of course, uh, Devon a chain too. Let's head on over to the neighborhood watch. These are guys that we got our eyes on, you know, there might be a couple excuses for why they're not performing, uh, one of these guys, no excuse. But uh, let's talk about Bob's guy right here for the neighborhood watch. Who, who do we have our eyes on, Bob? This is, uh, again, I think it, it all comes down to expectations with these awards. And although the, he is the wide receiver three on his team, he was going, in hindsight, at this point in time, he was going way too high in fantasy drafts. And it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just, you know, for... Being pretty much the consensus rookie wide receiver one heading into this season, although, like I said, he is the wide receiver three on his own team behind Lockett and Metcalf, you just expected more from him through three games, honestly. the This past week, he had his worst game, only putting up two points, only playing 44% of the snaps. I'm not really sure why the decrease in snap percentage from weeks one and two when he played 59 and 56. So a little decrease in playing time there, and he didn't really do much with it even in those two weeks when he played over 50%. So I'm not throwing him in the doghouse yet because he is a rookie. He is the wide receiver three on his own team. But 
for the draft capital that you probably spent on him, you just expect a little bit more. You'd be like, okay, maybe he puts up a 10-point game, and I could see where he'll be climbing the ladder towards the end um, end of the season. Uh, but right now, you're just not seeing it. Yeah. I I mean, the Seahawks are competing with the Niners, and I feel like they they have to just win games. And allowing like a rookie to learn the offense that's pretty much already established with Lockett, Kenny Walker, Geno, and uh, Metcalf – it might mess up a couple things uh, when they really have to compete with the Niners there to win that division. Um, and then also, let's not forget, I mean, both Lockett and Metcalf already, they've been dinged up. They haven't missed a game yet, uh, right? Lockett that, did get knocked out. Lockett of got knocked out. Of yeah, one. he got so knocked did, out. So did Metcalf um, at some point, but he came back. Exactly. So, you know, injuries could be likely with those two. I, I would still say, hey, you know, whoa. JSN is a hold uh, right now. He's not droppable yet, but um, in no way should he be starting, even if the matchup looks tasty. All right, Paul, this one I've been waiting to go over. Who is this guy? A, do you have a player to win this award or I was gonna say, you got, do you guys mind if I shake this up real quick? Shake it up, dude. Shake it up, Paul. My neighborhood watch is Sean Payton, man. I just, <laughs> oh. I, I, I just can't. Take this, he man. Is. You guys heard me. Dude, you've heard me go off on Brandon Sale. You know how much of a joke I think he is. And right now, Sean Payton is looking like a joke. When you start 0-3, you get paid all this money. Your offense is doing middle of the pack. That's okay. But we're not seeing the fantasy value that we perceived from all of these quote-unquote stars they have on their team. They brought Russell Wilson in. He's playing like a shell of himself. Javante Williams has been underwhelming jerry judy has been underwhelming i mean my god raise your hand if you took him at the first pick in the fourth round i did that sucks <laughs> i know it's just it's just ugly it's very very ugly in denver and they just got their teeth kicked in by mike mcdaniel and the miami dolphins you know what's really funny and this is just one thing i've been itching to say tonight is that mike mcdaniel was the ball boy for the yes. denver broncos back in 2005 he was an intern there he did a lot of time in Denver, and then in 2022, you know, they did not even allow him to interview for the head coaching job. They didn't even let him interview. So you know what he does? He goes to Miami, and with his super high-power torqued offense, goes right into Sean Payton, says, I don't care how much money you're worth. I don't care what you said on Fox. I don't care about anything. I'm going to drop 70 on you, and your offense is only going to drop 20 on me. And it is just an embarrassing understatement in Denver. If Sean Payton was not worth however much he's worth 15, 20 million, he would be fired after the game. Like he wouldn't even be allowed to hold a presser. He would have just been like, you know what, Sean, you're not going anywhere near the mic. You're, you're done. Get out of here. <laughs> he is an absolute embarrassment with what he's doing with that franchise. And I think you heard it when that uh, lineman came up, came out and did you hear his little interview? No. Oh, I'm he, so tired of losing. Yeah. He's like, I'm just so tired of losing. So Sean Payton, you are officially on my neighborhood watch, and if your name was not Sean Payton, you would be in the doghouse for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Broncos, man. We, we we got played by him last year once they got Russell Wilson. We got played by him again this year once they got Sean Payton, thinking he's going to change everything around. And now you got a rookie in Marvin Mims outplaying Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Literally. And the fun fact about Marvin Mims, he's still – by many standards, barely playing, and he's clearly their best player on offense right now. Let me real yeah, quick. He, he did return a kick for a free six points, so I think that would have given him so, eleven. That was so a huge he, boost. Yeah. Or, so he had 
three catches for 73 yards this past week and only played 24% of the snaps. Yeah. It's that's just coaching malpractice right there, but I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah, no, I agree. Very unpredictable offense. Like if you're starting any Broncos, you're in for a ride. Oh, that's kind of funny. Broncos. <laughs> Broncos country. Let's, let's go ride. for a ride. Let's, let's ride. ride to the bottom of the division. No, that's Russell. I think that's, isn't that Russell Wilson's like, that is. It's like, let's yeah, ride. Or Broncos country. <laughs> let's ride. ride. I'm going to take you for a roller coaster ride of ups and downs and downs and downs. All right. Let's head on over to our favorite award. The doghouse. <laughs> Two free tickets to the doghouse. Aaron tomorrow on YouTube. Uh, these guys are getting a free ride to the doghouse. They're joining uh, all the others that are staying in and they're walking in. Spreading their cheeks, coughing twice with, uh, I think we got like five or six or seven others joining in. Uh, so let's go over. Uh, we're sticking to one team here. One Bob, team. who's your player going right to the doghouse? Unfortunately, we are talking about my favorite team, and that is the Jets. But I won't get emotional. This, the last year's Broncos, kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> at least we at least we have somewhat of an excuse of losing yeah, our starting quarterback. But regardless, it's it's Dalvin Cook. It's you know, we've talked about it a little bit before, but it's not getting any better from here. His snaps have been steadily decreasing since week one. Only played twenty five percent of the snaps this week against Brees Hall. I mean against the Patriots, excuse me. And actually um, by fantasy wise play, had more points than Brees Hall but yeah. that it's just not going to continue Brees Hall has shown even with Zach Wilson as quarterback and even with a mediocre quarterback he could still be an elite running back I don't think Dalvin Cook is that guy anymore and he's barely averaging two yards per carry at this point he just the eye test tells you that he's washed and he's nothing more than in handcuff at this point. Well said. I think uh, there was mixed reviews and and expectations on Dalvin Cook. Some were thinking like, you know, he'll be good for the first four weeks, but I mean, he's he's sucked every week. So yeah, we I was going to throw him a little bit earlier, but we gave him some time as a veteran. I think we had to respect that. Um, but yeah, uh, Brees Hall, a little surprising too. We'll talk about him later, but let's talk about uh, Paul's player that's going right to the doghouse yeah i know bob this is gonna sting but i want you to know that it has absolutely nothing to do with the talent that this kid possesses but i'm going to put garrett wilson in the doghouse and i know what you're thinking but paul he scored 14 points in week one and 18 points in week two I'm he almost scored that. 10 in week three yeah well week one he had five catches for 34 yards was saved by a touchdown in week two he had two catches for 83 yards and again was saved by a long touchdown and this week five catches for 48 yards I think this is going to become the norm for Garrett Wilson I believe that moving forward as long as Zach Wilson is the quarterback Garrett Wilson is a touchdown dependent receiver to score over 10 points he led the Jets in receiving all three of these weeks and if you take away that long bomb in week two he has not eclipsed 50 yards and it is going to be very, very tough to watch him play with Zach Wilson. We are going to be screaming at our TV screens going, Zach, Garrett Wilson just put whatever cornerback through a blender. 
You just got to get them the ball. And Zach Wilson, to it to yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wilson's going to be giving up play, giving up on plays and just sitting down. Did you see that, Bob? When instead of he just like missed his first option and just like sacked himself. I Yeah, he's and he's I've it's it's really hard. And we've watched a lot of football, so we've seen a lot of bad quarterbacks, you know, over the years. But Zach Wilson is I think he honestly is the worst in terms of just not being able to like hit, you know, he'll see he just can't even make his first read, which is usually something every quarterback is at least capable of. Sam Darnold was capable of it. You know, usually it gets more difficult when you have to go to your second or third reads. But Zach Wilson can't even hit his first read. So unfortunately, I agree with you, Paul. The numbers don't lie with Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson under center. It's going to be rough, although I do think if they do end up playing Trevor Simeon, although it's Trevor Simeon, I know Trevor Simeon is a thousand percent more competent as a quarterback than Zach Wilson is. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson, I think Zach Wilson is going to be like the greatest all-time QB as a dad with his kids. And that's about the extent of his quarterback play. He is not built for the NFL. He's he's the best steady quarterback in uh, the neighborhood. Oh yeah, game. Dad, can you be all time quarterback? We're gonna yeah. go play football. He's like, yeah. He's just like making these ridiculous throws in the call to Zach, and so it's like, good. yeah. What happened, Dad? Well, I couldn't get past my first read ever. I think I think what's crazy is that like Garrett Wilson put up rookie of the year numbers or offensive yeah offensive rookie of the year numbers with that QB carousel last year. So like even when Aaron Rodgers went down, I'm not a Garrett Wilson holder, but what I was thinking was like, he'll be fine. Like, but it's, I don't know what, I wonder if it's more than that. No, um, dude, if it's, it's not. actually Garrett Wilson's fault. It's I mean, not. just look at, Trust look me, at, it's not. look at Garrett Wilson's game log from last year. His targets are always in green, but his catches are always in red. Dude, yeah. the, num- and the, the numbers are like when Mike White and Joe Flacco were under center, Garrett Wilson was uh, an elite fantasy player. When Zach Wilson was under setter, he was pretty much you have to have him on your bench because Zach Wilson can't get anyone the ball. So <laughs> that's just all it is. There's no it's not rocket science. Yeah. All right. Well, two Jets are headed right to the doghouse. They're going to be joining a bunch of other people. See you later, Dalvin Cook. See you later, Garrett Wilson. Hopefully one day you can get out. I think one of you can. Dalvin Cook. He's, <laughs> and it's he not Dalvin Cook. In, uh, solitary confinement. Yeah, right. All right, well, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, For everyone watching on YouTube, go ahead, like, and subscribe. Everyone listening on Apple and Spotify, we appreciate it. Leave us a five-star review. We would really love that. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Peace.